two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Adel Amarsi Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Amarsi. And I actually wanted to welcome back one of our previous guests, the badass that she is and the ever so inspiring Cassie Howard. Cassie, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me again. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I'd have you on all the time, but it's just like I have to change it up because, well, either it's not fair on other people. It, it's it just. Yeah, just a little bit for the other people so I don't get yelled at by my other <laughs> guests going, could you stop having her on? She's too cool. I'm like, there's no such thing. Um, but it's been a while since we've spoken. Congratulations. We're recording this in February. I mean, by the time this is come, it'll come out, it's a couple of months away. But congratulations on your book um, releasing. I'm, I have no doubt by the time this thing airs, it'll be a bestseller already, at least be loved by many, many people, including yours truly. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's been a labor of love, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy that it's out there now. I'm so glad that it's there too. So before we jump into that, because I do want to discuss about that, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, of which you are one of today, which is, uh, guys, go check out CassieHoward.com. Cassie's website is pretty badass, but her programs are incredible. I know they're mostly, well, I assume they're mostly tailored to women, but I've already gone through a couple of them because I love them. And you had that crazy ass sale over Christmas. I was like, I'm buying a couple of these. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, That was a brilliant sale, by the way. So I got a couple of those programs. I've gone through them and they work. They're they're really good. This is basically, if you want the brass tacks, no BS version of doing things, where it's like, listen here, cupcake, this is going to take some work for you, but it's going to be worth it. Let me show you how. Go through Cassie's stuff. It is is hands down probably one of the better trainings I've gone through uh, ever, which is saying something. And also sponsored by StorySellingEmails.com. Go there, opt in, figure out how to write better email copy, combine it with what Cassie is doing, and make a crap ton of money. That's basically how it is. Now, my first question for you, more than anything, is what the hell possessed you to write a book? Oh gosh, um, I wanted to write a book for many years, but years ago I was like, why would anybody buy my book? I'm not that interesting. My life is kind of boring, which is so not true when I think back on what I was doing a couple years ago. It was not boring. Um, But I just thought nobody would care. Um, And then last year, I don't know what came over me, but I was working with a client who did book editing. And I was like, maybe this is a sign that I'm supposed to work with her. I'm supposed to finally get the book out there. So uh, we teamed up and then I had that person who was constantly harassing me for content and I couldn't let her down. And so she kind of helped me to to finally make it happen and bring it to life because if I didn't have her, honestly, it would not have happened. I would still be saying, I want to write a book one day and not have a book. Um, it, it really was that kick in the ass that I needed to, to get it done. That is amazing. And the only reason I say what possessed you was because I've been writing my book for over for about two years now, and I, I still think I'm on chapter three. I'm like, I can audio this, but I will get to that. And I, I know how much of a labor of love it can turn into. It's yeah. just like, I must do this. So yeah. my, my question is, what was like one of the biggest stumbling blocks that you actually came up against? Um, I, you know what? It was probably just the consistency. Um, yeah. and, and going like, oh, I got to write chapter two. Oh, I got to write chapter three. Oh, I got to write chapter four. And every single chapter, I would put it off until like the day before it was due. 
And then sometimes I wouldn't even get it done. And she would be like, where is it? I'm waiting. Let's go. And nicer, of course, but that's what she would say. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. And I felt bad. Like I let her down. And so then I was like, I got to hustle and get this done. And then I would send it to her. So that was really it for me. Like I had all the content inside of me. I knew what I wanted to say. I knew what I wanted the book to be about. It was just sitting down and doing the damn work. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the one thing that it's, that's pretty much consistency in life though. You got to sit down and just do the damn work in order to get it to, to, to work yes. for you. Yes. It was a good lesson for me because I will do the work with all my other business stuff. But when it came to the book, I was just like, no, it's the same with my podcast. When I launched that, it was the same thing. I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to make it happen. And then I was like, eh, I don't really feel like it today. I'd rather do this instead. And I just put it off and put it off and put it off until one day I was like, fuck this. I'm making it happen. I don't care what anybody says. And then I just did it. And it was so easy. (laughs) It was like, why didn't I just do this sooner? So it's the consistency with something that you really want to do and you know that you're meant to do, but for some reason you're sabotaging yourself to not make it happen. It's just making that decision to finally get it done. Yeah. What's your new podcast called, by the way? Uh, it's called Badass Boss. Love it. Guys, go check it out. Um, so is it mostly like interviews or is it just one-on-one with you? It's just me. No interviews. Um, I may do interviews eventually, but... It, right now it's just me it's just really short episodes I think the longest one we have is like 29 minutes or something I want them to be really short and sweet to the point give something tactical for people to go and implement and not have anything that was kind of just me mumbling for an hour about random shit so it's very focused yeah I can imagine that would be a thing because I'm sorry I think uh, by the time the show comes out we would have had the Monday show go live as well the Monday show is only 10 to 15 minutes long. I'm like, I don't think I can stand and just talk to myself for that long without going, is anyone listening to this? Exactly. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. So, I get that weird paranoid voice in my head. Oh, it's the same when shooting YouTube videos. It's crazy. But the thing is, one thing I did actually that I love about you is how much you create content. Mm-hmm. Like how you actually do it. You seem to like have a ne- an everlasting well of shit to talk about, which is insane <laughs> and incredible for me because put me in front of a microphone, put me in front of an audience. I can go for days. Tell me to write stuff. And I know this is kind of odd and a little bit, I'd say ironic to some degree that I actually write for a living. Yet I really dislike writing on my own Facebook status. <laughs> like my, I, I don't enjoy this process. What do I talk about? Yeah. You- and that's, that's the thing is like some people creating content is very easy and people create content all the time. They just don't realize they're doing it, but there's, there's always one or two types of content that you're more drawn to and that are easy for you to do. So for you, it's audio and, or just speaking in person. And then some people do actually prefer to write and some people prefer to be live on camera. Like everybody has a way that it's, it's easiest and that's the way that you should stick to. And I still think you should, you know, experiment and do other things. Like even if you don't love writing, do some writing, but if you work better with the audio and the in-person and the live stuff, then that's what you should be doing for the bulk of your content. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I'm going to have to start switching that up and just start doing stuff like that. I mean, I hate editing. That's like my biggest pain in the world, which is why doing a YouTube channel has been very learned. Well, see, that's why I don't edit. (laughs) I don't, I don't edit anything ever. 
that's I, kind of my rule. Is, well, I mean, for you, maybe it's different because of the whole copywriting thing. You might have Oh, to. no, no, no. God, that I never edit. Like, that is just basically I'll write it in one draft, go through yeah. and read it again, which is surprising considering that most people tell me off that. Oh, you shouldn't do that. I was like, dude, if I read through my own work and have to edit it, I just scrap the damn thing and start 100%, again. 100%. Exactly. That's why I don't, I don't check anything over. If I want feedback on something, I'll send it to my team and I'll be like, tell me if there's any typos or something. Yeah, but don't tell me about like, oh, this doesn't sound right because I'm going to critique my own work to shreds and I'm going to be like, no, this sucks. I'm not putting it up there. Yeah. And I'll never have anything out. Yeah, see, this is why when I do stuff like that, I have a little system where it's like, well, we've, we've had this before where I'll read your stuff and go, just change this one paragraph and here's how I would rewrite it and just like send you the paragraph and be like, just stick it in there. And you're like, okay. Yeah. People exactly. do, that's the best way my brain works. But editing for me has always been just like with videos because um, I know I um and are quite a bit, but using jump cuts for, for whatever reason, YouTube seems to love them and actually increases your engagement. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to learn how to do this properly. Plus mm-hmm. it'll help out with some of the other projects I have this year so it'll be fun but anyway that's kind of getting off the point here but I wanted to ask you was like that isn't actually incredible that you actually have different ways of like creating content my question is how the hell do you actually come up with ideas of what to talk about because everyone seems to have this notion of an idea well being dry that is a very good question so the the one thing that I really like to make clear to people when they ask me about content is a definition of what content is. What a lot of people see as content is it's a how-to post. It's a a piece of content where you're like teaching people something. But to me, what content actually is, is my thoughts, my opinions, my experiences, my mistakes, my lessons, all of that is content. And so obviously, especially when it comes to thoughts, you're having, you know, tens of thousands of thoughts, if not more than that, every single day. So you got lots of content to say. You can't ever say, I have nothing to say, because that's full. You have lots to say, you're just choosing not to say things. And so for me, coming up with content is, I'll have a thought, will flash through my mind, and I d- whether or not I post it or share something about it depends on how I feel physically when that thought comes up. Because sometimes there'll be random thoughts that you don't need to share, like, oh, I should probably you know, go eat something, or <laughs> I'm hungry, or I'm thirsty, or I need to go get the kids from school in five minutes. Like random thoughts like that, I don't need to share that. But if I have a thought that comes up or, you know, I see something online and it triggers me and a thought will come up or a belief will come up, then I, I judge it by how I'm feeling in my body. And I'll have some type of a feeling of an extreme emotion. So I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling, you know, happy, whatever that extreme emotion is that's how I know, okay, this is something that I need to talk about. I need to say something about this. And content to me is always just something that you get out there quickly. Like, I don't want to sit there and go, okay, I got to write a blog post and it's got to be X number of words. And you know, then it's going to take me hours because I'm trying to make it perfect. And so my content, I can put it together in 30 minutes or less, depending on what it is. And that could be a couple hundred word post, or it could be a sentence or two on Facebook or a 15 second clip on Instagram stories. Like it's just thoughts, opinions, beliefs, experiences. If you pay attention to those throughout the day, then you'll realize I actually do have a lot to say. Yeah. That's actually a very, very powerful way of looking at it. Um, because that, that just makes my life a lot simpler. I'm not gonna that lie, it does. It's just like as an idea. Yeah, it's so much easier. And when you think about it, that's what your audience wants anyway. They wanna know who you are. They're following you 
because they like you, they resonate with you in, in some way. And yes, they want to learn things from you and there's nothing wrong with creating how to pieces of content. That kind of stuff is good too. But what they really want to know is who you are, what you do, how you live your life and you're inspiring them in some way or you're motivating them or you're empowering them in some way. And that's by showing up and being you and sharing who you are and what you believe and what you stand for and what you stand against. Exactly. That is actually very powerful. And the whole like standing for and against thing, especially now with how polarizing the world is becoming, mm -hmm. it's quite interesting. Like, uh, especially for me, cause I stand in the middle of a lot of issues. It's quite hilarious. I'm kind of like, no, I'm right in the center. I've got some things I'm conservative, some things are liberal, mostly just in the middle. Yeah. And it's just funny. Like, uh, I've gotten into arguments with people over like the most weirdest things. Yeah. Um, mainly cause I just like, I, I don't even want to get into an argument with them, but I do end up in arguments with them and I'm like, can we, can we just like, can we hit pause and see how silly we are like going with how polarizing this is, but it all starts off yeah. with this before. And what's really interesting, and it is something I tried out because I think I put up on Sunday morning something like, what's your go-to pickup line as my status on Facebook? Just because I was sat in an airport bored out of my mind. I was like, this would be fun. I'm, I'm curious what people's pickup line would be because I think it's funny. Yeah. What made me giggle was the kind of mess, the kind of like things people quote unquote said. And I'm like, I've met you. You would never say that in a million years to another human being. So it really, sh it, it allows me to see their character as well. Yeah. Um, and it allows me like, uh, put together their different pieces. Now my curiosity really comes from this. How many hours do you work nowadays? Cause I remember like back when we last spoke, you were, we're going to, you were on a tear for a little bit. But like, how often do you work right now? Do you have everything scheduled out or do you just kind of like go, all right, I'm going to work from this time to this time and then it's, I'm out for the rest of the day. It depends on what you mean by work. Uh, okay. Activities pertaining to things that are laborious that you don't like to do. I don't or do things I don't like to do. I mean, you mean like not, creating content and selling and that kind of stuff? Yeah, like, well, that and also, like, for instance, one of the things that I do in my business for the time being, at least right now, is um, video editing. That's something I do for the time being. That'll be outsourced soon, but, like, that's something I do that count as, quote-unquote, work or client research, which is both work. Yeah. Like, so stuff okay. like that. So, I mean, there's not really too much of that that I do. Um, there's the odd thing like creating opt-ins and putting together pieces of content for a you know program I'm doing and stuff like that. I would say on average, not including client calls, which is, you know, maybe twice a week, I have a couple hours of calls. Um, I, I probably do two hours a day, maybe three. Nice. Um, and that's, and that, and creating content is selling and selling. I do that all day long. Um, I don't see that as work. I just see that as an extension of living. I just create content and I sell all day. It's just a natural part of who I am. Um, so that like two to three hours would be doing, you know, sending out emails and, you know, talking with my clients back and forth and creating the opt-ins and anything else, you know, like setting up the podcast, recording podcast episodes, like those types of things would be two to three hours a day max. That's pretty cool. Like, at least I'm glad that you're actually only keeping them to a max of two or three hours and keep the other time just like on activities that you want to have. Because yeah. I find outsourcing 
is good. That's kind of the thing I'm looking at doing more so this year, but it is quite difficult for me to actually kind of like relinquish control at times because like my brain's going, you can't do this as well as I can. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've, it's, learned, I've learned that, that, that there are some people out there who can do it better than me and I need to stop being so egotistical about it and relinquish the control there and you'll probably find the same. And I think too that the whole delegating thing is there's always for a lot of people anyway, there's always a fear that if somebody else does it, like then I'm going to look like I don't care. Like I'm going to look like I'm not part of my business and they're going to feel kind of disconnected as well. And so it's just looking at it as that person who's helping you with whatever they're doing it to get your content out there in front of more people, whether that's freeing up your time so that you can promote yourself and your work more, or it's by them doing something to, get more eyes on your, your content. Yeah, that is a good way of actually doing it. Um, just simply because, you know, more eyes on content equals more sales. And one of the things I do find that, especially that I like about the way that you do things is you have different levels of control for different people that work for you, which is, yeah. which sounds really like normal for people i'll explain why it's so it, it's it's admirable for me because i have this thing and i'm pretty sure to some degree you do too where you're like everyone's equal to like you know i treat them equally but for me i have a hard time before at least at least i have someone to work with me or have someone work for me is um i have a hard time hard time differentiating different people's roles in my business based on what they need to do and how I, and how often who they need to report to in order to get everything done. So there's yeah. no hierarchical structure simply because in my mind, I go into a full empathy mode. I'm like, well, if I was that person, how would I feel? I'm like, Oh, you can't always do that. Sometimes you need to have it where it's like your research person, research person and person who basically helps me on copy jobs are not the same person. They, they yeah. don't have the same level of um, integration in my business. Yeah. So my, curiosity there therein lies how did you actually find the right people to work with you because again there are people that are better than us at what we do um but how did you find them um well i have two people that work for me pretty much full-time my assistant has been with me the longest over four years wow. um she actually was a recommendation from a client at the time who was working with her or working with the company she was with at the time um and i, I know a lot of people have you know, shared with me some horror stories about trying to find an assistant. And I, I sympathize, but I, I can't like relate because I've had this assistant for the entire length of this particular business and I've never had an issue. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but I don't have any advice on how to find an assistant because this one was handed to me and I got lucky with her. <laughs> um, and then as far as my, um, I don't even know what to call her. She's like my other right hand woman she helps me with social media um but she also comes to toronto and she you know does photo shoots and stuff with me she helps me with events and things like that um she actually came to me i posted something on my facebook profile i think and i said i was looking for i think i said i wanted like a sales manager or something like that i wanted somebody to like help me promote certain things and then they would get a commission of all the sales and all this i had this fabulous idea all worked out how it would, how it would go down and she was like me i can do it i here's all this and i don't know there was just something about her i was like yes 100 percent. don't care about anybody else <laughs> you're the one uh, and she's been with me uh, i think a year now and she does not do what I hired her to do, but she does what she does best, which I learned is the social media, the engaging and 
kind of keeping, keeping me in check when I go a little bit crazy. So very frequently then. Yes. Very, very much like every day. <laughs> That's one of the things I genuinely love about doing what we do. Someone said, what do you love to, about being an entrepreneur? I was like, honestly, is how insane we are as a bunch. Yep. Yet somehow people are okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's there's, I always say if you're not, crazy or if you have never been called crazy or you don't consider yourself crazy then we'll never be friends <laughs> like it's not gonna work out sorry yeah totally a thing it's wait yeah it's totally a thing and by the way you're are you in canada right now or did you move no i'm in canada yeah in toronto yeah yeah canadians are pretty crazy by the way just for anyone listening to this and wondering oh canada it's so nice and peaceful no they're crazy like every yeah, single no, i think we're we're um a little crazier than everywhere else in the world. <laughs> Pretty much. But you're crazy, but in a nice way. Like you guys are surprisingly nice yet crazy. It's, it's such a weird dichotomy. <laughs> I will take that as a compliment and I will oh, receive it. It was meant as a compliment. Okay, like, good. There is no way that's an insult. I love, Can I love Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, um, what's it called? I'm actually planning on, uh, have it, heading out there this year. I'm going to be doing Montreal and then hopefully straight after going to Toronto. So if we're in the same area, we should totally meet up for what I would call the Facebook live of insanity. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Well, I, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. You do know it's just going to be a bunch of us just kind of going, hi. So we're all here in the same place. We do exist. <laughs> and yeah, we're all, it, it's one of those things where you're either an extroverted entrepreneur or an introverted entrepreneur where you basically kind of go, yeah, we're all here. And then you go home. home. <laughs> yes. I'm here and I would like to leave. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, would you guys want to come back to my house? Why? I can control things at my house. It's fine. hundred percent. I would rather be at home. You're welcome to come, but I don't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys can come to my house. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel um, safe. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is, is that we just yeah. want to feel safe as well. It's brilliant. Totally. <laughs> so one of the things I really find interesting about you and have always found interesting about you is how you've been able to leverage who you are like so many times over to actually keep creating a business that is um, repeating. Meaning it's like repeat business, customers keep coming back the whole lot. My question here lies in because I've worked with a lot of clients that don't seem to have that ability or that model what was it that actually helped you kind of come up with the whole idea of keeping clients on for a long term? Cause if I remember correctly, you have the con you have two different continuity programs. I have um, a membership community, which is a month to month, or you can do the yearly. Um, and then I also have one-on-one, -on -one, which is, it's limited. I mean, it can be ongoing, but it depends on the client. It depends on whether or not we end up being a really good fit and we want to work together, which luckily is the case most of the time because I know how to pick the right people. Yeah. Um, but that one is only available, you know, a handful of times per year. There's a six month and then a five week one-on-one -on -one and they fill up pretty quickly. So it's once they're full, that's, that's it. And then the only way to work with me one-on-one -on -one is if I have some random one-off you know, offer that I put it, there are some bonus for a program where you get a call or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise than that, it's, it's not a case, but my curiosity therein lies, um, what was it that actually drove you to have those types of businesses where they're like continual? Because as I said, a lot of people try and keep and try and create these, but they yeah. just seem to fail. Yours have flourished. Like, yeah. I think, that, I think the biggest thing for me was the intention behind it. The intention for me was always, I want to make sure that I can do this 
forever, ideally. I mean, not necessarily these particular things that I'm doing, but I want to be able to support people for as long as they need me. And I want to be able to share my, my content and share my work with the people that need it when they need it. So I always want to have something available for people at different levels. That's the other thing I do too, is I have different um, price points and things like that. So I can kind of meet people where they are with whatever they, they need at the time. Um, and I wanted to, my intention with clients in particular was I wanted to make sure that they had the support that they needed. And also I could, kind of watch them as they grew, as their business grew, and I could kind of give them pointers as they went. Because what a lot of people do is they'll hire a coach for say three months, six months, something like that, and then they think, okay, I'm great now, I can go and implement all this stuff, and then I, I'm good, I don't need a coach anymore. Um, and I did the same thing, so I know from experience this is not, <laughs> not helpful. Um, uh, because you need to have that continued support, that continued accountability, somebody who's kind of looking over your shoulder saying, hey, you're slipping here where you said you didn't want to be slipping. Um, and so that was always my intention with one-on-one -on -one clients, was to make sure that they always have that, that person in their corner. See, that's really good. That's good because so few people actually have that thought process when they're creating programs. They say they do, but I've seen so I've written for so many people that are like, yeah, I'm very heart centered. And then once you realize what their marketing goes at, you're like, you are not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I see that a lot, unfortunately. And it's, it's disappointing because what people actually want and need, whether they know they need it or not is they need somebody to cheer them on. They need somebody to be like, you can do this, you've got this, let's go, I'll help you, I'll give you advice when you need it. But what they don't need most of the time is strategy. They don't need to know how to do things. They know how to do most things. They might need to you know, have a question here or there, need some support, some support on random things. But really, they just need somebody in their corner saying, you got this, you can do it. Somebody motivating them, holding them accountable, keeping them consistent and on track. That's really what people need. Yeah, no, I agree with you entirely on that one. Like I've had it with my own copywriting uh, program and as well as my, cop my, my copywriters, my students. Nine out of 10 times, I don't really need to teach them how to write. I just need them to believe in themselves. So when they do write, it works. Exactly. Yeah, that's really what it is. And I'm, it's sad when I see people and they come to me and they're like, can you teach me ABC? I'm like, no, like I have programs that will walk you through certain steps, but that's not going to be enough. Like you're, you need the belief, you need the mindset, you need the motivation and you need the accountability if you want to do it and be consistent with it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that you really want to look at. And again, there's that word again, consistency. Yeah. In, in all fairness, there's like two things that I would suggest. Well, this, in my experience, especially with January being the way it was this year, and then by the time this comes out, February and all the other months have subsequently gotten better because January was one hell of a good month, and then I want the rest of this year to keep continuing that way. Yeah. You know, plan for a few slip-ups here and there, but that's okay. That's what happens. Your mind is evolving. Um, the, the ingredients I'd say to any successful person doing this or listening to this at least, and please chime in and tell me whether or not you, you agree or disagree or want to add one in. For me, it's um, integrity. Uh, having uh, tenacity because you got to be a little bit tenacious. Yeah. You got to be a little bit, when I say smart, I don't mean, oh, I'm clever. It's like, no, you just got to be able to like follow instructions and be okay being told, that, hey, you got to be able to admit that you don't know something to be able to get help to understand that thing. Yes. Um, so teachability, I guess, would be it. Um, the last one is, being, is uh, competence. You got to be competent in what you do. 
and be patient. So that's five. And the sixth one, which is the most powerful, in my opinion, uh, sorry, sixth one is consistency. And the seventh one, which is the most powerful, in my opinion, because all the other six, you can have them in spades, but if you don't have the seventh one, it just falls apart. And that is belief. Yeah, 100%. And, and one of the best pieces of advice for me, at least, I'm going to ask you what yours was, that I received from someone was, dude, you really pissed me off. I was like, why? Well, I was like, I've known you for 10 years and every year I wonder why you're not doing better than you did. Like you're doing great at times, but I wonder why you're not on the level that you need to be because I look at you and go, what is, what is missing? It's like everyone else believes in you, but you don't. So stop borrowing from their belief and start believing them about what they're saying about you and live yeah. in that and then build your own up. So exactly. what was your, what's your take on like building belief in self? Because my, my only experience is having an external fatherly figure kind of give me the permission I didn't have as a kid to believe in myself. Yeah, I think that's, it's a tricky one because a lot of people, I think everybody has belief. It's just what level of belief do you have? <laughs> is it, I kind of sort of believe in myself. I think I might be able to do this or is it a like, hell yes, I got this. Nobody's getting in my way. And it's pretty extreme levels. There's not many people who are in the middle who are like, yeah, I got this, but also I'm like terrified. I'm, maybe I don't got this. It's usually, no, I don't think I can do this or hell yes, I'm going to do this. And so it's always like, for me, when it came to belief, I always knew that I was going to do something big. I always knew that I was going to be wealthy. I always knew that I was going to be famous in some way, but I don't, I don't want to be like traditional famous. I just think like, internet famous is cool. Like that's fine. But I don't want to be like, you know, you're out on the street people are like, Hey, is that you? Can I get your autograph? I don't want that. That's too much. That's a bit too much. Um, but you're I always, an introvert, so yeah. Yeah, like please stay away. This is I'm not who you think I am. Um, <laughs> so it's like I, I always believed that about myself. But then it was like when it came down to it, where it's like, okay, well, if you know that's going to happen and you believe that's going to happen, then where's your belief around money? Where's your belief around success in general? Where's your belief around? you know, living the lifestyle that you want. And those were the things that I didn't have. I didn't believe that I could make a certain amount of money. I believed that I would one day be wealthy. I didn't know what that looked like. And so I had to practice believing. I had to, like what you did, where other people would tell me, you know, you got this, you can do this, all that good stuff. I had to kind of start with that. I didn't believe them at first. And so I had to kind of just brainwash myself into believing and that's really what I did was I journaled about it I did affirmations and I would say all these things that weren't true that I wanted to make true and the more I wrote them and I wrote them every single day sometimes multiple times a day for years eventually I did brainwash myself into believing these things and as soon as I as soon as I really did believe them that's when they came true that's when I actually started to experience the results I wanted to experience so it was just tr tricking myself into believing. And you got to do that sometimes. Like people talk a lot of shit about the whole, you know, fake it until you make it. But I think that's important. Like I think you do need to fake it a little bit in the beginning and pretend that you are where you want to be or you have what you want to have in order for you to then receive it. Because otherwise it's always going to be, I don't have it yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough yet. Haven't done it yet. And then you'll always stay in that place. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, um, well, I'm going to add a caveat to that. It's bullshitting yourself with integrity. Okay. And what I mean by that is, so this is what I mean by it. Cause like there are some people I do know that go out and like, they, they, they basically, um, they do fake till they make it, but unfortunately they go very public 
with it and fake it for everyone else where they're not competent doing what yeah, they're doing. That's, that's completely, yeah, out of integrity. Yeah. yeah, like if you're flat out lying to the public, <laughs> then that's wrong. It's more yeah. just to yourself. And it's not that yeah. you're lying to yourself. It's that you're, you're trying to believe in yourself. And sometimes you just need to give yourself that little push. Oh, for sure. I agree with you entirely because I have that. Um, it, it's, it's the way that one of my friends said to me, uh, what's your... Uh, what's your basic, what's your, um, how did you end up becoming like a standup? How did you become quite interested, uh, quite interested in like standing in front of a crowd and making people laugh? Like, what was it? What belief? I was like, honestly, just growing up, the only thing I could believe in myself was that I was funny. Yeah. Cause I couldn't like my self-esteem was so terrible. I couldn't even look at myself and think that was a good looking guy. I mean, now I'm like almost 30. I know for a fact I'm a good looking guy. I'm like, it's, it's I've hit that point, but I'm kind of like, I'm glad I went through the other shit because yeah. I managed to build up a personality along the way. Um, yeah. Not saying good looking people don't, but just saying on an average at high school, it's not usually one thing we see. But anyway, what I'm saying is that I actually figured out that I wanted to be funny and I just lied to myself. I, well, not even lied. I just forced myself to change that belief system that I lived in that moment in my head going, I'm funny and everyone thinks I am. And then everyone started to feel that way. It's the same way as having these interviews. Yeah. I thought that why would anyone want to speak to me? And now the belief is I can't wait for people to speak to me on my show. It's one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. Like I can't believe we've been speaking for 38 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I haven't stopped that, hard yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, it's me. We're never bored. We're fabulous. Let's be honest. We could go for a while. <laughs> we really could. We really actually could. So one of my, one of my bigger questions really for you right now, because I'm always curious about this, is what was, what, has been, what was the biggest impact that you, that you found in 2018 that is going to change in 2019? Like When I say impact, it's something that you saw that you're like, I want to change this, or I want to grow on this. Mm, um which one do I name? Uh, I, I think Go the, from many. <laughs> I think the biggest one for me, honestly, was just around the fact that I was, this sounds cliche, but it's true for me, that I was playing really small in 2018. I was like, I can do this, and this is my goal, and I'm going to do this one thing, and it's going to be great. And I did all of that stuff, and then I wasn't satisfied. And I was asking myself, why am I not satisfied? I hit my goal. I was so, like, I should be so happy. And it was, well, this isn't actually what you wanted. You wanted this instead, and you, you doubted yourself, and you went to this. And so you hit the goal, but you weren't satisfied because it's not the goal you wanted to hit um, in a couple different areas of my life. So for me, it was, I'm ready to step into the next level really and truly into the next level and to get my message out there more, which is why the, the podcast and the book. And I didn't want to just limit myself to, oh, I'm going to post on Facebook and Instagram once a day and send out an email and you know, call it a day. I wanted to reach more and more people so that I could impact more and more people. And that kind of came through in, in 2018, especially in the last part of 2018, where I was like, no, I'm, I'm done with this whole, like, I'm going to be, have a small little business on social media. It was, no, I'm ready to go big now. Yeah. I'm glad that's kind of the thing that you actually changed because you like, you inspire me, and this is going to sound really weird, but you actually inspire the hell out of me simply because I look at you and I track my progress comparative to yours, like silently. Like, I, like 2018, around the end of 2018, I kind of said that was the same thing I wanted to do. And 2019, the first month, 
I love how quickly you've come out and done everything that you've done. Like you've released programs, you've gone out, kicked ass, you've got this 21 days to receive thing. You really, you re-released 10 K uh, was it 10 days to 10 K, which is an amazing program for anyone listening. Um, what made me laugh the absolute most out of all of it though, was the fact that while you were tracking your progress, I was tracking mine and going, okay, if Cassie's doing this, I'm doing this. I'm not letting her be the only person that goes ahead. Um, good. Go. I know that's good. I'm glad that yeah. you use it as like motivation to do your own stuff and get your own stuff out there in a bigger way. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons why when we spoke again, I was like, man, I got to get Cassie back on the show. Cause I realized, wait, it's been two, it's like, this is two years since she was on. I've got to get back in, get her back in. I think it'd be fun. Um, so coming up to like this part of the show, one of the things I really wanted to ask you, especially with, with pre preluding to that question. And I think I asked this to you last time, but I'm going to ask again, just simply because I think it may have changed if I did, or if I, if I haven't, this is the first time you're hearing it. And that is when, you know, when you go through life and business and stuff and some shit just knocks you out, like knocks you on the ground. You're basically on your back kind of going, okay, we need to get up but it really hurts right now. How, like in any of the situations that you've had, have you ever had that feeling where you just feel like your confidence is so knocked? And if so, what did you do to build back up? Yeah, that was, I want to say June, 2017. Um, around there anyway, it was around the summer and it was a big time where we had moved into, so no, it would have been after June. It would have been like maybe late summer, but we moved into our new house and it was enormous. And it was in like one of the most prestige areas of Toronto. And I was like, I made it. And I got this big castle. I even called it the castle. Um, <laughs> and I'm in this huge house and look at me, I'm so cool. And I was like all egotistical about it. Um, and I thought that that was what success meant was I have this big, huge house. Um, and after a couple of months, I realized like, this is why did I do this? Like, it, I don't want this house. This house is way too big for us. Like we only used maybe like a quarter of that house. Um, I was like, I don't even get excited about thinking, uh, furnishing this house. And I just actually, I felt really sad for the house. I'm like, the house is not being enjoyed the way that it should be. It needs a bigger family in here. And so it was really just a, a confidence. I think a confidence thing where it was like, I want to have a certain type of a lifestyle, but I'm living a different lifestyle in order to kind of prove something to somebody, I guess. Um, and so I realized then like, no, I need to get out of this house. This is just always going to be a bad vibe living in this house, even though it was an awesome, awesome house. And I only, I live like down the block from that house now. So I see it all the time and it luckily has like six cars in the driveway. So he's got a nice big family there, which makes me happy. But it was, for me, it was, it, I just needed to allow myself to do things that I really wanted to do and not do things that I thought I had to do in order to, I don't know, prove something to somebody. See, that's really powerful in its own right, figuring that out because very few people even put themselves in that risk to, to, to experience that. Um, and something it's interesting that you say that because I had a very, I had a very similar thought with my, with my pets. I was, because I, I went away to Belfast and I remember I was renting an Airbnb. It was like this annex. 
uh, to a house. And I just remember thinking that I was like, if I didn't have my pets, this is actually just enough. It's a, it's a one bedroom place with double high ceilings. Um, not huge. Like you can fit maybe seven or eight people in there to sit down and watch a show or something. Yeah. And there's a bathroom. It's so simple. I was like this. Yeah. My place in London, a little bit bigger, but I don't utilize the space properly. So literally, as soon as I got back, I, I think I messaged my landlord. And I was like, hey, dude, do you mind if I get rid of the sofas and get rid of a few of your things in the house because they're cluttering? And he was like, yeah, get rid of them. I don't care. And it made me realize how simple my life can be. I don't yeah. need to have all these crazy cool things to prove yeah. that I'm successful. It's just that, can you pay your rent? Yes. Can you live in a nice place? Yes. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's rediscovering what happiness actually is to you. Yeah. And one of the big things that I'm going to add in just basically, I don't know if you've heard of this and she might have had it from you at some point. Cause I'm pretty sure. Anyway, um, Sean Stevenson, do you know him? No. Okay. So he's fairly well known in the self-development world. Uh, he's the dude that I don't know what's wrong with him, but he's in a wheelchair and I, I have no idea, but he's, he's a tough dude. Anyway, one of the things that he said was he keeps a self-love list and he recommends everyone else does it's like print one out, laminate it, put it in your back pocket. So whenever you feel depressed, stressed out, don't know what you're doing, unconfident, go back and read that self-love list and find what you're not doing and start doing that to look after yourself. So it's like your self-care list. Mm. Like, have I drank enough water today? No. Okay. I need to go drink water. Have I gone to the gym today? No. I'll go for a walk. Have I done this? No, I'll go do that. Have I read? Have I journaled? Was I grateful? Did I speak to someone today? And it's just kind of going through that entire list. Yeah, I think like for me, I have, well, I have two things that are similar to that. The one thing that I have that helps if I'm like feeling kind of not depressed, but like nobody cares. Why, why am I sharing this stuff? Nobody wants this, like that kind of feeling. I have what I call a happy file which is just testimonials basically from people and also just nice things people have said about me that doesn't necessarily need to be a testimonial about a program or working with me, but just something nice somebody says about me on the internet, I will screenshot it and it goes in my happy file. So I'll look through that anytime I kind of need a boost in, in confidence. Um, but the self-care, self-love stuff, I don't have like a written list, but I, I have a list in my head and it's very clear. And, and I even go through it in my journal sometimes if I'm feeling off and I'll just ask myself, what do I need right now? And then I kind of run through all of those things in my head, the things that bring me joy and make me happy and, and kind of get me back into that flow. Um, and then I'll go and do those things. And it's, it is really simple things like I need to go for a walk around the block or I need to have a hot drink or I need to, I don't know, go take a nap or something. But it's like really simple things like that, that will just get me back into the right mindset. Yeah. And sometimes when you're having, like, I used to have terrible days where um, last year, and this is kind of one of the things that you inspired, by the way, is if I was having a terrible day, I'd want to just like take the entire day off and do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. What I do instead is for those days, I find the easiest, most annoying menial tasks I have, i.e. video editing. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do anything all day today anyway, and I'm not going to work on anything because I'm completely useless on that front. I know. I'll do something that is tedious that I don't like to keep myself occupied. And what I find within about four hours after starting that thing, I start getting creativity again, and I just yeah. like pop right back into it. And I found that even if I spent a whole day doing nothing but video editing, which I didn't want to do, 
it means great. I'm ready to go. I'm at least I'm doing something to keep my feet in motion, to keep me, to keep the momentum going for, forward, even if it's a little bit at a time. Yeah. That's like right back with the consistency stuff is like, as long as you're showing up and you're doing something every day, then you're going to, you're going to be able to feel proud of yourself for doing something. It's the people who are like, Oh, I took the whole day off and now I feel like shit. Cause I didn't do the stuff I actually wanted to do because the stuff that you really want to do, like writing and sharing your message and getting your stuff out there. Hopefully you love that. Otherwise, what are you doing? Exactly. But, right. Like if you love it, like that's the stuff that fuels you. You don't want to not do that stuff because that's the stuff that really gets you going. And so sometimes you can feel a little stuck and you're like, I don't know what to write about, but I know I really want to write something. So then, then it's just, okay, well, I'm just going to write random shit and see what comes up. And it'll, and then it almost always comes out as like the perfect message, but you have to get started. You have to do something, whether that's writing or it's editing a video or it's, I don't know, responding to a message on social media, but you do something. Like don't sit around and do nothing all day. I mean, unless doing nothing is, you know, like relaxing or, or something that's going to get you being creative again. Yeah. Like it, you, you do stuff that will help you. Like exactly. you don't yeah. just sit around and lay in bed all day and feel sorry for yourself. That's not going to help. Yeah. That's never helping anyone. Yeah. Like everyone feels like crap at the end of that day. There's no yeah. entrepreneurial secret out there. Like, Hey guys, how do you not feel like crap when you're having a bad day? Well, we do shit. Yeah, I get out of bed and I do something. <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong. There are days where you literally just want to be like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I want to just stay in bed. You know what? I say stay in bed for about 30 minutes. Yeah. And then get up and then go for a walk and then come back and sit in bed. Then get yeah. up again and go do something else. And basically, keep coming back to the bed until you're like, man, why am I keep going back to bed? And then go do shit. Go do shit. Exactly. And eventually you'll be like, I don't even want to go back to bed again. Like, you, you'll get over it. But when you're in the bed, you're like, oh, this seems like the right place. I'm going to stay here. And then you're not going to want to leave the bed. So you have to force yourself to get out of the bed and then, you know, keep checking in with yourself around, is that really what I need right now to be in bed? Or is there something else that I need? Exactly. That's always the key thing that you want to look at. Now, as we're coming up to like the end of the show, I did want to ask you a particular question when it came down to your uh, book itself. Like, if you had to tell anyone that was listening to this right now, because I want every single one of you people listening to this to actually go check out Cassie's book if it's the right fit for you, because I can't wait to read it. And by the time the show comes out, I would have read it because it's on my goddamn reading list. So my <laughs> question is, if you could summarize the book and who it's for, what would you say? Okay. How do I say this? So the book is for people who are doing business in a way that doesn't feel 100% in alignment. It feels kind of you know, like they're forcing themselves to do things that they don't want to do because they think they have to. And so it's the person who wants to get out of that rut. It's the person who wants to just get paid to be themselves and to have life finally feel easy and feel like it's not even work. That's, that's really what I want to help people with. That's always been my biggest passion is to help them find something that they do that doesn't feel like work that they get paid and incredible amount of money for to the point where they have total freedom in their life and they really are just getting paid to show up and be themselves yeah that's pretty powerful and i will also go ahead and say and vouch for this if you do get the book and you're like i want to work with cassie with something um it depends what your variance is but i'd say the the program that really for me at least if i may say so it, that i found the most value in initially at least 
that got that got me the best results right away was the 10k uh, the 10 10 uh, k in 10 days program and uh, do you still have that open right now because i know you recently relaunched it as well yeah so it's always open we have it as like an evergreen program we did a, a relaunch earlier and it was that was another live one so we i don't promise if i'm going to do live ones because you never know with me but <laughs> they're definitely available if you want to go through it yourself as like a self-study it's definitely up there i would definitely put that thing as one of the first things that anyone goes through just simply because like you have no excuse after that yeah, when you look at the tasks too for that program, you're like, oh, that that's it? Like that's what you do <laughs> to make money? Because it's very easy, it's very straightforward. Like I always tell people, my job is not to help you make money. Making money is really easy. Anybody can make money, especially online. My job is to motivate you to actually do the shit and yep. to show you just how easy it can be. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That, that, that's one of the things I can actually say is quite straightforward there, is that when you look through all the tasks, you're like, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it works. I mean, I mean, I've gone through like a couple of your programs. I'm still going through a couple of your programs and I love them. I mean, there is a reason that I'm a fan of your work is because hell, they work. Thank you. Duh. But anyway, so guys, I want you to go check out um, Cassie's work because she's brilliant. Check out her book. Go to CassieHoward.com. Find her online. She has a great social media presence anyway and your podcast as well one more time what is the name uh badass boss is the podcast okay badass boss go check it out we're going to link to all of these in the show description on adelmarcy.com forward slash podcast um make sure you guys go check that out there and as always cassie it's been a pleasure having you on hun really glad to have you here thank you so much it's been fun and I'm sorry I called you hun there for the people who are like, you can't call her that. I'm British, okay? <laughs> it slips from time to time. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> I'm allowed. No, I'm kidding. I don't do it that often. It's only every so often. If I feel comfortable with someone, the Britishness does come out. I take that as a compliment. Hells yes. But anyway, guys, uh, check out Cassie's stuff as always. I will see you next week on another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. And as I keep saying, season five now is rolling deep. Oh, it's season four, but season five. Um, Cassie, thanks again for being here. Really appreciate you. Thank you.